to Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard a wonderful song called The Greatest Show on Earth Returns. That was by Creature Feature. That is a a self-released album. Uh, The album name is the same as the song name, so The Greatest Show Unearthed Returns. We, today, will be listening to some... They're not officially branded Halloween. I don't know if the word Halloween shows up in any of these songs, but uh, some some kind of, you know, vintage songs that are appropriate for the season, as well as some songs that are not vintage, but, you know, once again, kind of strike that theme. For the past couple of weeks, we've been kind of doing some, uh, we've been kind of doing some, some spookier songs, some... Uh, dark folk and we just figured it's time to have some fun yeah you know after last week's uh, exploration of the macabre and the dark and and the mysterious it's time to uh have a little bit of a laugh uh to get the energy levels up this week uh which is why we are uh kicking things off with uh, with that party anthem and uh <laughs> Uh, definitely, like like Katie was uh, actually mentioning when we were listening to uh, to the music, uh, that song had had a had a real sort of Danny Elfman Oingo Boingo feel about it. Yeah, that's a song that I would not be surprised if uh, if he decided to cover that. You know, doing doing some live uh, Oingo Boingo shows and being like, hey, check out this song. Yeah, it's it has that feel about it. It's, it's very much a uh, the right sort of atmosphere that we're looking for this week as we are here in October all month enjoying the spooky and uh, the strange and, and and the scary and 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 varieties of of such things <laughs> uh it's it's always fun to to play tracks like that from creature feature and uh we will be playing a lot of like fun fun house type type music here yeah i know in our previous shows we i talked about how i'm not really like a slasher horror mm. movie type fan but i have a kind of a soft spot for you know for like folk horror for for some of the more meditative i guess you could say vampire movies where they mm. you know where they kind of contemplate what it is what is it to be immortal and the flip side of that is that i have a a real soft spot for you know, kind of the 50s and 60s, all the way up into, you know, 80s and 90s B-movies. Yeah. A massive fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. One of the greatest TV shows ever made, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, when you grow up in Northeast Ohio, you can't really avoid that because uh, we had Big Chuck and Little John. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually a show that, that wouldn't exist without the original Cleveland horror host, Goulardi. Uh, who is somebody that my dad grew up watching. And some a fun fact for Californians, uh, Goulardi, famous uh, horror host, a.k.a. Ernie Anderson, mm. uh, who worked for our local CBS affiliate, WJW Channel 8, uh, moved out to California to become a, a voice actor and uh, brought along his son, a young man by the name of Paul Thomas Anderson. So there you go. That's the that's that's the link there from uh, between Paul Thomas Anderson and Ohio, which means I believe that means we get to uh, we get to claim him. Yeah, right? that's the rule. We get to claim. Yeah, if they have, if they if they're either from Ohio, have a a cool relative who's from Ohio, or did cool things in Ohio, we get to claim them. That's why. Uh, Trent Reznor, as far as we are concerned, is a Clevelander and not somebody from Pittsburgh. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Trent, oh. if you're listening, we love you. We love you, even though you may struggle to love yourself. I, I don't know. He, he's, he's mellowed out a bit yeah. now. Like, he's married. He's got kids. He's married. He's got kids. He makes, you know, cool... Uh, uh, like film soundtracks. Did an amazing cover of the uh, the song from Legend. Is your love strong enough? Oh yeah. Yeah, that played at the end of uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The the American, American remake. Yeah. Oh cool. And and he's like he's one Tony away from an egot, right? Yes. Yes. Oh please make this happen. Trent Reznor. <laughs> Trent Reznor presents the downward spiral. The, the stage. Mu- the musical. <laughs> That would be incredible. Like, or like, you know, Trent Reznor, you know, Trent Reznor presents Crimson Peak, the musical. Oh, that could be good. Yeah, I've never seen Crimson Peak, but but uh, the the aesthetic is there. I mm. think. I think you would like Crimson Peak, although I know you're not like you're not like a, a fan of like gory stuff, but it, it's more of a an atmospheric, spooky, gothic romance than an out-and-out horror, although there is some spooky stuff in it. I liked, oh, God, what was that movie with Daniel Radcliffe? Um, Woman in Black? Oh, The Woman in Black, yes. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. So if Crimson Peak is like that... It is, it is quite It is it quite also like has that, yeah. Tom Hiddleston. And so, it does yeah. have Tom Hiddleston, and he is, uh, he, he is mysterious and has a dark secret and uh, is uh, simply looking for love. He's a sad boy. He is a sad boy. That's... You, you know... That's for me. That's you know. Yeah, that's that's what you need. Like, <laughs> spooky gothic sad boy. Cultured European. Yeah. Cultured European sad boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. I was gonna watch Crimson Peak. Uh, I guess uh, Tom Hiddleston plays a like a sad uh, upper class uh, guy looking for a way. Kid kicking down a door. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you are a cultured European. Uh, you went through a sad boy phase. I'm a European, at least, yeah. You're cultured. Oh. Well, well, I, I'm certainly cultured enough to enjoy uh, a, as as many B-movies and, and, <laughs> and classic monster movies as you want to show me this, uh, this October season. You have B-movie victim action figures. That's right. I have B-movie victim action figures. I should set them up here in the studio. You should, absolutely. <laughs> Well, we're going to keep things going here because we got so much fun music coming here uh, over the next couple of hours for you uh, by by such great, like, like such wonderfully named acts like Zombie, Real Horror Rock, or uh, Billy Goulston. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what's coming up next? What's coming up next is a three-song set, but the first song that you're going to hear from that set is by the keynotes. This comes from the album Halloween Nuggets Haunted Underground Classics. I love everything about that album name. I'm always up for underground classics. Uh, But you're going to be hearing a song from that album called I Was a Teenage Monster. I was a teenage monster. I was a teenage monster.
Does anyone in this room know an old, old man known by the name of Old Man Mose? <laughs> by your laughs, I tend to think you don't know him. Because if you knew him, you wouldn't be so happy. Because Old Man Mose was a very old, old, old man with a very crooked nose. We, this is my cousins and I knew him well. We were used to seeing him lurking in some dark corner of the village or snoozing away. What are you smoking, Paula? <laughs> anyway, we were quite worried because it'd been a long, long time since last we had seen him. But I imagined him in my dreams. He was haunting me. So one night, my cousins, Paula, Lena and Marcus made up our minds and set off to look for him to his cabin, which was in a dark, lurky forest. God Almighty, it was a full moon night. We could see the shadows of beasts lurking in the forest. Paula, be careful. There's something moving between your feet. Oh. Never mind, because look what I see up there. It's his old cabin, and there's a light flickering in the window. It must be a candle. Maybe all my motives is in there. We're going to go see what he's doing, okay? So here are the stairs of his porch. Let's go up and try to make as little noise as possible, please. Another step. Careful, because the wood is very old. He's going to hear us. Careful, Paula, careful. What the heck? Knock on the door. <laughs> old man Mose, is that you in there? Who is that? I don't like the look of this. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a bit afraid. You want to open the door? I want to open the door. Let's pull the open door. Pull it, pull it, pull it. Come on, let's pull it. But right that moment. A blow of cold wind blew out the candle in the living room and there we were standing terrified in the doorstep yeah the threshold uh, i felt some cold wind what's that behind you marcus be careful oh i hear it's at you where are you old man mose oh man uh, i don't i don't know uh, did you see him uh, i don't know Wait, uh, we need your help please we need your help we need you to help us find old man Mose because we never could discover. Is he dead or is he alive?
I saw an old man laying flat on his back. Yeah! If all my moles was there by sleep, I didn't know. But after looking through that window, I ain't gonna do it no more. Cause I found out. Oh, of mine, a brand new favourite, has been uh, the song Old Man Moe's. And uh, that's a wonderful rendition by a Spanish group called Oh Sister from their Spooky Sessions live EP, uh, released back in 2014. Uh, so they have got a wealth of material. Go and check them out. Before that, you heard one of the great bands of all time, the Pogues, uh, with the appropriately spooky and macabre Turkish Song of the Damned. And uh, we kick things off there with keynotes and I was a teenage monster, which appropriately begins with the singer saying, I was a teenage monster, which is how you know it's going to be a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You are listening to Third Country Radio on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. And all this month, we have been enjoying the spooky season by playing the spookiest music we could find. This week, we are injecting a little more energy into those lifeless bones of yours by... Uh, well done. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that just came right <laughs> off the top of my head. By uh, by sharing uh, a few more lively tunes here. And uh, those three were were fantastic. I loved the, uh, the little intro to uh, Old Man Moe's there yeah. by O Sister. It's wonderfully, uh, wonderful fun right there to be had with, with even with this kind of music. Yeah, it, it, it makes me kind of wonder exactly what their style is. Mm. Because Old Man Moe's, I believe, is like a 20s or 30s, you know, probably like a a jazz song of some description and mm. and the way that they're presenting it it's it's not quite vaudeville um but you know in that in that kind of great tradition mm. of you know it's it's something that you would like hear on on live radio back in the day you know like they'd bring yeah. in some group and the group would put on a show but of course since there's no stage they have to they have to give people the visuals mm. uh this is a you know since people can't see them and just kind of a, a wonderful you know throwback to 
to those old vintage radio programs, I think. Yeah, you, you, you make a very good point there, and it's uh, kind of appropriate, because I know we've listened to some of those vintage uh, radio shows that have that kind of same feel, uh, like uh, things like The Shadow, yeah, w- which are perfect for this time of year to listen to. Yeah, I... At one point uh, during COVID, you know, we, we, we weren't, nobody could go anywhere. Nobody mm. could do anything. And watched a lot of D&D live streams, watched a lot of Rick Steves. And I remember, I think I was doing housework or something. And, and as either housework or maybe I was working from home, you were like kind of still going into the office at that time. They kind mm. of had you staggered a little bit. Yeah. And I just wanted a vo- like human voices around me. I was like, hey, I'm really not in the mood for music. And... I, at that time, like, hadn't really jumped into podcasts that much. And, and with podcasts, I really want to, like, listen to them. Yeah. Um, so I can, you know, absorb what's what's going on. And so I th- thought to myself, I wonder if there's any old radio shows that I could put on. Just something in the background, just conversation. Something that if I get a random call, it's not going to be loud or obtrusive or potentially offensive as far as like swear words and stuff like that yeah uh so i put on i I just i think i went to youtube and if you google vintage radio show youtube you'll often come up with these collections and i don't know if they are collections that you know were on old cds that people ripped or if they're curated but um there, there are channels where they'll they'll put together like programs and again, like maybe maybe it's based on like actual old lineups, or or maybe it's just people kind of you know putting them together and what makes logical sense. But you'll get things you know like the shadow and and like some of these old programs where they would uh, read short stories mm. and you know kind of act them out on the radio. And it's just it's so much fun, and it's a really really cool experience, especially at night when you're if you're if you're looking for an alternative to television, if you're you know want to if you're trying to get rid of screens in your life i highly recommend checking this out uh yeah i think it would be fun for us to uh, explore some of those shows maybe in the in the coming weeks and months here in northeast ohio it's going to get cold it's going to get dark much much earlier mm-hmm. and it's, so it's it's the perfect weather to listen to uh sort of spooky noirish tales of 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 the shadow and his and his strange mystical powers as he solves crimes and fights hoodlums and and has to overcome like uh, magicians who try to manipulate him and and brainwash him yes something to listen to uh when i'm crocheting yeah and when you're painting models or something (laughs) painting your minis perfect perfect friday night entertainment right there absolutely um but we hope that your thursday morning entertainment is uh is still high here as you uh stick with us on uh, third country radio um Coming up very soon, we're going to have tracks by uh, Hybrid Moments and Invasions. Uh, we uh, are going to go back into the the underground vaults right now, though, uh, for uh, a really, really fun track. Like, it's a really high-energy song, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I, I, I really like about those old uh, Halloween esque spooky songs it, it, it's it's really funny like you you every year you 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 get the same old kind of like traditional like christmas season songs yeah. you know as soon as as soon as uh, you know it, it's it, it is deemed appropriate uh you know it's like a a a 
uh, a lever is switched and uh, and all of a sudden Mariah Carey and Wham like flood supermarkets. Well, you've seen that YouTube video, that, that little clip that Mariah Carey did, that amazing... Oh, yeah. I, I laugh every time I see it. I'm not even a huge Mariah Carey fan, but she just hits the nail on the head where she's... I think she's on an exercise bike and it's, you know... Wicked Witch of the West music playing (laughs) and you just see this calendar it says October 31st is surrounded by pumpkins and it like falls down to reveal (laughs) November 1st and she's suddenly Christmas mode (laughs) what's funny though is that you you don't really get the same thing for for Halloween like we don't have we don't see like a lot of like Halloween music getting played which is weird because as we have seen from and, and will see mm. from Halloween Nuggets Haunted Underground Classics I'm so glad did you buy the whole album oh yeah oh yeah I bought the whole album thank you I, I need it uh, <laughs> but they're apparently and I'm assuming these were songs written in like the 50s early 60s this is yeah. based on what I'm hearing this is pre-Beatles rock and roll mm, that's going yeah. on and it's so funny because we think of the 1950s with you know the white picket fence and you know one you know what is it like 2.5 kids and perfect little suburban lawn and everything in in place and yet there's this undercurrent if you listen to some of this old music and watch these old movies of like just as crazy as they could get we'll put it that yeah. way you know like the, I don't know when slasher movies first started like when we started seeing like the really kind of dark horror movies in the sense of you know people getting killed or you know whatever but there's some there's some pretty fun stuff that happens in the 50s and it's yeah. there's there's quite a degree of innocence to it but I mean come on giant Gila monster uh, <laughs> them which is actually a pretty effective mm. movie uh, but you can have some fun with it yeah. uh, attack of the killer shrews that one's fun little shop of horrors I'm trying to think of some other ones not in the same genre but I accuse my parents <laughs> <laughs> I'm just basically listing. Your, MST3K episodes. your favorite yeah. MST3K. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorites are Final Sacrifice, uh, Jack Frost, and then it's a tie between uh, Pod People and Deathstalker, the Warriors from <laughs> something I can From H-E-Double Hockey Sticks. Yeah, sticks. I'm not sure what uh, I can say on the radio, so... <laughs> Well, well, let's see what Irvina and the Stylers get get away with saying on the radio. Uh, coming up next here, the fantastically named Witch Queen of New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> 
strengthens communities across our region by sharing superb music with everyone. Music to connect people with each other and the community they're part of. Carefully curated programs on BFF.FM enrich and engage with music you know and surprise you with music new to your years. Music on BFF.FM just makes any day better. Your donation to BFF.FM is an investment in the power of music to uplift, to connect all of us together. 
Please take a moment now to invest in the power of music at BFF.FM. to Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. That was a three-song set that we started off with Witch Queen of New Orleans by Ervina and the Stylers. After that, you heard Jekyll and Hyde by Jim Burgett, both of those from Halloween Nuggets Haunted Underground Classics. Then, after those two songs, you heard Cold Dead Hands by Hybrid Moments. 
that came off of their album The Haunted, which to me sounded a little bit like AFI, but you, Connor, pointed out that it sounded a bit like The Misfits. It does sound a bit like like the, a curious love child of The Misfits, AFI, and maybe a little Alkaline Trio uh, as well. But but someone someone definitely got like best of misfits for christmas <laughs> and we're like this is the only record i need that's okay that's okay and, and and to be fair like it's it's a it's it's a really well done song just because yeah. you, just because you wear your 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 influences on your sleeve does not mean that you are a bad band you know, like Oasis pretty much made a career out of out of riffing uh, on Beatles uh, songs, and, and look at them. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they did great in the nineties. They did great in the nineties. Yeah, you know, and then they kind of went a bit mad, and happens to the best. Happens to the best of us, but you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I have to appreciate um, Irvina and the Stylers. Uh, that fantastic blood curdling scream at the beginning of that song like that's that's some classic Holly that's some classic like classic Hollywood horror right there that's that's a that's a beautiful piece of of of, of horror uh, uh, screaming right at, right at the beginning of that song yeah and it's, I think a lot of the 50s songs that had kind of that you know this, that like you know oh this is a scary song a lot of them had that going on mm. you know lots of Lots of screams or like, you know, that kind of laughter and stuff like that. It's which makes me wonder how many of the songs from that album, um, you know, Haunted Underground Classics there. It makes me wonder how many of them came from B movies that we have not yet seen. It's very possible. Like there there are there are a lot of really cheap movies that got made back in the day, uh, which you could throw into a double feature or take you know usually for like a drive-through or uh as you know as like a a a, something you could tack on in front of the main feature you know your feature presentation uh called called b movies for that for that reason you know they they were they were like the secondary film back in the day when you would you know grab your you know when you would go to the movie theater and you would buy your ticket and you just go in anytime because they would be screening something pretty much all the time you know you'd, you'd buy your ticket and you'd go in and you might watch the cartoons or see a newsreel uh and then there'd be like some you know Pistol Pete and the Pistol Ears, like some some <laughs> Western short or something, and then eventually you'd get round to something like like a like a John Ford movie or you know <laughs> so, something you actually wanted to see. But 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 you you you'd get your you'd get your money's worth back then. These days they barely even show enough trailers to make it worth it. I know that sometimes the trailers are the best part too. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it, like it's it's sometimes the trailers are, are fantastic, and the way they cut trailers now. Where it's like we better give them everything so that they decide whether or not it's worth their time spending twenty five bucks for a ticket. Yeah, you know, you you get the whole movie in a trailer now. It's great. Yeah, you get five movies for the price of one. Yeah, I've seen so many Marvel movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Enough that we can keep up with the cultural zeitgeist without actually having to keep up with the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, it's fantastic. It saves so we save so much every month not having Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, yeah, you better believe we do. Although, uh, 
Although we did, we were tempted. Remember, when, I, I think it was Paramount Plus of the D and D movie. Oh yeah. And we were like, oh no, what if they make a series? What if that thing with Joe Manganiello comes about? It might. You never know. It's it, it's it's one of those weird things now where a movie doesn't necessarily have to be successful for them to just roll out franchises for as long as they want. So so uh, while the D&D movie unfortunately was was not a box office success. The good news is uh movies have been bombing all year. Yeah. So <laughs> Ex- except for uh Barbenheimer. Except for Barbenheimer. Barbie and Oppenheimer uh proving that we do actually care about the quality of the movies yeah. we go to. This isn't like back in the day when you could, when when Roger Corman could just like you know crank out ninety minutes and and throw it out there. Although maybe we need more of that. In all honesty, yeah. like more, more independent. Okay, unpopular opinion time. Okay, all of my I, I have so many friends who are brilliant and so into film and theater and other like really sophisticated things. Independent movies are awesome. Ninety-nine percent of independent movies that I have either seen or seen previews for could all run under the same title, and that title is "People in Rooms Talking About Sad Things." <laughs> we need more B movies where a small town of of plucky teenagers is invaded by aliens or ghosts. Or monsters, or alien ghost monsters. Yes, and you know the the special effects are are laughably bad, <laughs> but you know you see it with friends not because it is great art, but because it's great. Yes, it's so bad it's good. And say what you want about those slocky B movies, like the the court, like say what you want about Roger Corman's output as as a as a filmmaker. The man is also responsible for helping to uh, give Francis Ford Coppola, Ron Howard, Martin Scorsese, James Cameron. Uh, James Cameron gave them their starts, helped launch the careers of Jack Nicholson, Dennis Hopper, uh, William Shatner. Really? Yeah. And, and um, was also uh, integral in distributing uh, in the U.S. films from directors like Federico Fellini, uh, Francois Truffaut, Akira Kurosawa, like, and his uh, his adaptation of um, of the works of Edgar Allan Poe, very very popular in Europe. Now these adaptations, just from my knowledge, yeah, are these are these like Little Shop of Horror style, you know, kind of you know riffs on on Edgar Allan Poe, like you know the. The Raven, is it about like a, you know, a wacky American professor who, you know, is trying to, or not even a wacky American professor, a a paranoid, uh, you know, American professor who goes to England because his wife died and he inherited her property. And now there's, you know, this, this, you know, quoth the Raven and he's just being haunted by, because that, that would, that a Roger Corman, that would be amazing. (laughs) See, now I'm thinking of it. And I say this as somebody who really, who really loved that poem growing up, but yeah, that is it that kind of thing, or does he play it straight? He plays it super straight. He plays it straight. Like he he wrote a a series. He, like he 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 directed a, a series of these movies, um, you know, adapting Edgar Allan Poe uh, stories, primarily because 
they they did have the public they domain. were in the public domain and they were also pretty <laughs> well known. But 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 he did not skimp out on these. Like the, the the scripts for these films were were written by the likes of Robert Town, who went on to write the Oscar winning screenplay for Chinatown, and uh, also by uh, Richard Madison, who's most famous for his novel I Am Legend, which which wow. is wow yeah. So I thought that was a why did I think that was a Bradbury novel? Um, it, 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 well, you know, kind of has that Bradbury feel about it in times, but, but yeah, like it's, it's, he is, uh, so these, these movies were, 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 were very, very popular and, and, and of course had Vincent Price in them. So you knew, Uh, you knew you were getting quality. I was going to say the stamp of quality there. Absolutely. I, I think, I think my favorite, you know, after what you've told me, I think that gives me a new appreciation for some of Corman's later work. In particular, a movie that that he filmed because he really wanted to do Conan the Barbarian, mm-hmm. and when the studio said no, he basically said, "Fine, I'll make my own Conan in Argentina <laughs> with lady wrestlers," and he called it Deathstalker Two. Yeah, a sequel that has literally nothing to nothing, do nothing with Deathstalker, and all the better for it. Yes, all the better for yes, it. Yes, seek it out, Deathstalker Two is the best, including the fact that it opens with a woman who's supposed to be from the first movie, but doesn't show up in the first movie, looking dead at the camera after watching it all, like, the the hero lay waste to her evil plans, looks dead at the camera and says, in this tone, I'll have my revenge in Deathstalker 2. That's how you know it's quality. Oh, I'm going to be so ostracized. Like none of my friends can hear this. I don't. We don't care if you're not, if you're not down to clown <laughs> in Corman Town, <laughs> and we're not friends. <laughs> uh, speaking of B movies, this next song is an is is an ode to one of the stars of one of the greatest B movies of all time, Plan Nine from Outer Space. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next here on BFF.fm, this is Bobby Bear with Vampira. <laughs> Here comes Dracula and Frankenstein Looking for the sugar at supper time Look like a mummy with a silk on your wrist. You're vampire. Yeah, my vampire. Vampire. That's my baby's name. Vampire. 
Set up house in a cemetery Put a little coffin underneath the ground Ain't like living way downtown Vampire Yeah, my vampire BFF.FM is based on a simple model. We do something really well, and then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Every great song you hear on BFF.FM comes through the support of listeners who appreciate the local community treasure that BFF.FM is and want to help ensure it continues playing for everybody. 
When you consider the power of independent local music, it keeps your day in tune. This vital service, so dependent on listener support, deserves your support today. Donate now at BFF.fm. I was out on the highway just a driving around When I saw a strange vision coming down to the ground I drove to a phone and called on my best friend He laughed and said, oh buddy, you at it again The invasion is coming, uh-huh, oh yeah The invasion is coming to give you a scare The invasion is coming, taking over the world The invasion is coming, so everybody Called the highway patrol with an outer die. I told them just exactly what I found out. We drove to the spot where there wasn't a trace. Then they drove away, laughing in my face. The invasion is coming up. Oh yeah, the invasion is coming to give you a scare. The invasion is coming, taking over the world. The invasion is coming, so everybody beware. Trying to find a way to So you better watch out And what you say and do Look out, little girl I got my eyes on you The invasion is coming up Oh yeah, the invasion is coming To give you a scare The invasion is coming Taking over the world The invasion is coming So everybody Rollicking little bit of science fiction there right here on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You're listening to Third Country Radio, and we are getting into the beat, the the, the spooky beat. It's it's October. We're, we're playing we're we're playing horror music, uh, <laughs> and, and of course uh, be, you you can't you can't have a show which revels in the uh, fun and frolics of B-movie horror without 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 at least dipping your toe into B-movie science fiction and uh, that was Invasions with The Invasion is Coming uh, before that you heard uh, Return of the Living Dead by Zombie Real Horror Rock which is the full name of the band yes <laughs> and uh, that album that was from their album The Outbreak and we kicked things off there with Bobby Bear and his song uh, devoted to the wonderful and um, just fantastical and striking Vampira yes one of the first one of the original horror hosts yeah that, that was a really interesting thing to, to learn uh, I mean you were mentioning that to me as we were putting the, the music together uh, looking uh, looking a little bit into the into the uh, into the uh, the history of it uh, I guess the the costume the character began as basically a costume for like a for a a, a costume party and um, it was if you've ever seen a picture of Vampira, you or or seen any of her show or seen her in Plan Nine from Outer Space, yes, uh, you can tell that she's got a very clear Morticia Adams thing going on, which was the original inspiration for for the costume, and then later on she 
develop that into a character. Interesting. Yeah. I was reading last night that uh, that the the original Vampire show, it you know it was eventually canceled, uh, but at a certain point, some studio executives wanted to revive it because the I guess the the horror movie thing mm. in you know the 50s and 60s started because like studios would package up these like the, basically movies that were in the public domain that they're like here you, 52 movies you can buy the whole package mm. you can show a movie a week you have a movie you know for, for an entire year and so all these little shows started springing up all over America uh, some are still around like Sven Gulli which is out of Chicago uh, kind of a fun show to watch I think He's on MeTV. Mm. I don't know if he's on MeTV in every market. MeTV, for those who don't know, uh, a, a a broadcast station, yeah. um, antenna broadcast station. You actually get it with antenna. And they show like old syndicated TV shows. Mm. And as part of that, I think they do, I think Sven Gulli is on there. Uh, but they, you know, they do like different horror movies, mm. uh, you know, the, the old horror movie shows or the new ones, actually. So you had him, you had Goulardi, who I already mentioned in, in Cleveland and many, many more. Yeah. Uh, there was a show that I used to watch when I lived up in Michigan called Nightmare Cinema, which was a ton of fun, uh, but all, you know, airing at like midnight or, or even later. Uh, anyway. So the station that originally had Vampira wanted to revive the show. Mm. And so they said, you know, like, we, we want to revive this and you can come on. But we want to do something where we have another another female horror host who looks a little bit like you. And like this, you know, oh, daughter of Vampira. And you can kind of come in and do like cameos. But we want, you know, a younger host. And talks for that fell through. She, she was not feeling it. No, um, you know she she didn't want to be like a bit part on what was essentially a revival of her show. Understandable. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so the studio, or not the studio, well the television station, yeah. uh, they decided that you know she, if she's not going to be on it, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll make the show with this new actress and we'll dress her up to look you know as much like vampire as possible. The actress who played vampire actually sued, saying like you can't do that. That's my character. Oh wow. Uh, but. The, um, the the presiding judge found for the station and basically said, you know, just because a character looks like your character does not mean that it is yours. If you have like a different name and a different shtick, that's a different thing. Mm. You know, a a, a skin tight black dress and, you know, black wig with pale makeup does not a completely original character make. Uh, and so it was that a young Cassandra Peterson took on the role, uh, not officially, of Vampira's daughter. Elvira. That is remarkable. <laughs> that it is so interesting to to think about how these figures of of pop culture uh, how they how they come about, how they how they spring up. Can you imagine if if Vampira, you know, if 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 she had decided, you know what, yeah, okay, we can kind of make this work and do like the daughter of Vampira, etc. And and you wonder if 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 it had come together like that, or if she successfully sued the network, mm -hmm. uh, what would have happened to 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 Cassandra Peterson? What would have happened to Elvira? Yeah, you know? yeah, because I'm pretty sure that uh, Peterson was a a member of the Groundlings, mm. the comedy troupe. So it, you know, it's very possible that she would have gone on to do other things. Uh, she does have a, a bit part in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure in yeah. the biker bar, the the redheaded woman who grabs Pee Wee, yeah. uh, because she she is actually a natural redhead. Um, so, you know, it's very possible that she would have kind of continued in, in various film roles, but probably, I mean, I don't want to speculate, but I think the, 
the Elvira character was what really catapulted her into the public consciousness. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure. I, I mean, I would hope that she would have had, you know, the same level of success. But, uh, but yeah. And, and just thinking about some of these horror hosts really became like local celebrities. Mm. Uh, if you, if you go to YouTube and you look up, there's a Goulardi documentary that you can see on YouTube. And it sounds strange to say like, Oh, go, go watch this YouTube documentary about a guy who hosted a horror show in Cleveland for like three years in the sixties. But for those three years, he ruled yeah. that town. Uh, there according to police at the time, incidents of juvenile crime decreased <laughs> when his show was on the air because all these kids were going home to uh, to watch this show and and of course like kind of some some mild moral panics because he would he would like light off firecrackers on yeah. stage and he was his his uh character was like this beatnik so he was just kind of this this weird kind of like you know beatnik guy talking about these movies and making fun of the movies mm. one of his favorite things to do was play clips of uh clips of bands but but play polka music over the bands um <laughs> cleveland having a a very large central and eastern european population to the point that that saying somebody was from parma was basically shorthand for they are either a polish immigrant or descended from polish immigrants so uh there's i i don't know if i have seen it or not but somebody once told me it might have been my dad that when the Beatles were very popular, he yeah. got a clip of the Beatles from Ed Sullivan and uh, threw, and he goes, you know, these these guys from England, I don't know, people say they're playing, you know, cool new music, but I don't know. I, I think I've heard this one before. <laughs> and he played the a clip of the Beatles, visual clip of the Beatles, uh, with the audio for the song Who Stole the Kishka over it. And I guess, like, <laughs> the way that he lined it up, it made it look like they were playing that song. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, he... Like at, at one point, kind of at the height of his popularity, he would do these uh, charity baseball games, the Gallardi All-Stars. Mm. Uh, there was one time that a a, a a studio assistant was like asked to park his car. And so he's like driving his car to find a parking space and he gets pulled over for, I, I don't know if he ran a red light or what, I don't know what he did. But, uh, you know, police officer asked for license and registration. And so he goes into the glove box to find the registration. And the glove box apparently is stuffed with parking tickets, <laughs> just absolutely like crammed with parking tickets. And so he finally finds a registration and he's like thinking to himself, like, you know, this cop is watching as I'm just pulling out like all these wads of, of, of parking tickets. And he holds up the registration and the guy looks and he goes, this is Goulardi's car? Because he recognized the name Ernie Anderson. He's like, yeah, I'm just parking it for him. And the cop like hands back the registration. He's like, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Man, you wish. <laughs> you wish you were that kind of a local celebrity. Yeah, I know. There, there's never one before or since. Maybe Dick Goddard. That's a story for another day. Famous <laughs> weather weatherman here. But uh, we like our local... There's very little to do here. <laughs> so we we... Our current local celebrity is a personal injury lawyer. Cleveland is a weird place, yeah. but I can't imagine living anywhere else. <laughs> oh, man. We... Uh, we... I don't know how to segue into that. How Sorry. to segue from Tim Misney to, 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 to Halloween? Although, although if you ever if you're driving down the highway and you see any of those big, uh, like like big signs for Tim Tim Misney next to next to the highway, where it's just his eyes, that is kind of Halloween. That is kind of Halloweeny. Um, the looming eyes of Tim Misney. He knows what you did. He knows what you did, and he'll make them pay. Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, we are well into the second hour of the show, and we have so much great music we still want to play for you, uh, including tracks by uh, Jonathan Richman and uh, Billy Goulston. Uh, but first, from the collection Punk Rock Halloween Volume 2, Louder, Faster and Scarier, here is Bankrupt and their song, Jason Ruined My Halloween. <laughs> Wait a minute, boy, I say 
I want you. <laughs> season here on bff.fm best frequencies forever you are listening to third country radio and we just played a three song set to get you in the mood for one of the best holidays of the year we started that off with jason ruined my halloween by bankrupt that comes off the album 
Punk Rock Halloween 2, Louder, Faster, and Scarier. After that, you heard Rockin' in the Graveyard by Jackie Morningstar. That comes from Halloween Nuggets Haunted Underground Classics. We've played quite a few songs from that album. It's it's great. It's a great little collection of, of songs, none of which I knew about before I found, before I played them. Yeah, if you are, are bored to tears with Monster Mash, if you have one of those CDs, like, like my family did at home, where they had a few, you know, seasonally appropriate songs, but it was kind of the, the heavy hitters. Monster Mash, Takata and Fugue in D minor, uh, Death of a Marionette, that kind of thing. Uh, Death of a Marionette being the theme to the Alfred Hitchcock TV show. Oh. Yeah, so, and nothing wrong with that. They're all great songs, but, you know, if you are looking for something a little bit different, consider picking up that album. And the last song that you heard in that three-song set was Zombie Stomp by... Billy Goulston. I refuse to believe that's his real name. I hope it is. I'm going to Google it right now. Are you going to Google it? I'm Googling it right now while we while we record our show here. Billy Goulston. Okay, let's see. I'm no, not that no, I'm not Billy Goulston. Uh it's got to be there's got oh, wow, he he's got he's got a full discography here. Let, let really? me see. Yeah, let me see what we've got here. Uh Graveyard, okay, okay, just Graveyard Stomp. Okay, it, it was just, that was it. There's just two, two, two versions of Graveyard Stomp. Okay, so, so, um, Zombie so, Stomp, you mean? Zombie, uh, no, it's called Graveyard Stomp okay. here. Yeah, is it? Oh God, it's called Zombie Stomp on the other thing here. Yeah, we have unearthed a mystery. We've unearthed a mystery. What is the name of Billy Goulston's song here? Is it Graveyard Stomp or Zombie Stomp? Answers on a postcard. <laughs> Send them to your local mortuary. Whoa! Whoa. I don't know. Yeah. Um, also, uh, just while we're while we're working on this, uh, while while we're enjoying this, I have to say I appreciate Jackie Morningstar at in the beginning of Rockin' in the Graveyard, like how he just goes into how basically like he he just lists like several other songs and how they were big hits, and now he's written a song. Uh, like a monster related <laughs> like Halloweeny type song and it's gonna be a big hit too <laughs> I wonder whatever happened to Jackie Morningstar I'd love to know I'd love to know if Jackie Morningstar like was it was it a big enough hit that he could go off and he could ride off into the sunset I'd I'd love to know um I will say uh he 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 continued uh he, he continued in that in that kind of like tone in, in that kind of like mode of like songs about rocking in graveyards apparently because that's if you if you if you pull him up on discogs there's there's quite a bit of that uh he had oh he had one single back in the day it was a, it was a, a double a side uh rocking in the graveyard and no date was the other song on that on that seven inch? There, there's a story there. There's a there's a story there. Yeah, yeah. He he had no date, so he ended up going to the graveyard. I guess so. There, where he had a good time. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. Um. So yeah, it, it's 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 been a lot of fun to to explore some of the weird and strange music from the 50s and 60s as well as uh, a few more recent uh, pieces of work by the likes of Bankrupt <laughs> uh, we have got so much more What uh, we've got a, a whole bunch more music that we're going to try to pack into like the last uh, about 
37 minutes of the show. We can do this. We can do. We can pack in so much. And coming up next is a song... Um, that you've had stuck in your head for at least the past week. For the past two weeks. For as long as we've been listening to to Halloween music. Because y- you'll have um, you'll have music playing in the background while we work here in the studio. Yeah, we... Okay, so... There's, there's a bit of a story behind this. Um, we're playing a, a tabletop role-playing game called Masks, where you play teenage superheroes. And at one point, uh, we established, me and a couple of other players, established that there's this place that the kids can go hang out, and it has a jukebox with just, like, never-ending songs. And every so often, I'll hear a song, and I'll be like, I'm going to throw that on there. It's, you know, it's a... It's a jukebox in a world where superheroes are very real, and there's like a lot of them. Yeah. Um, including, you know, our, our little, you know, cadre of, of teenage superheroes. And this song somehow ended up on there, and I don't know how, but it's there. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's kind of a fun song. Hmm. And, and Connor heard it. And now he can't stop singing it. I can't stop. I can't stop singing it. I'm like, I'd be walking around the house, kind of like whistling or humming the the, the tune, but. You know, to be fair, the writer of this track, Jonathan Richman, he he just has a, a way of making earworms. Absolutely. Like, uh, his, you may know him uh, most famously for uh, the song Roadrunner with the Modern Lovers, yeah. uh, which is just an, an amazing song. <laughs> uh, but this one is just as good. Yeah. Now you're going to be hearing from Jonathan Richmond the wonderfully catchy song Vampire Girl. Gather around for a minute or two And I'll admit something to you I get intrigued when women look sinister Call me superficial But I stare at them vampire girls It's not the mascara It's not the tight dress It's a look in the eyes Gonna scare you to death Vampire girl Vampire girl I get so intrigued When they look like a vampire girl She could be She could rise She do ritual sacrifice Vampire girl Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
truck, motorcycle, or other vehicle to BFF.FM? Your donation will directly support, mentor, and provide opportunities for our Bay Area radio DJs. Just call 855-500-RIDE to donate that old vehicle. We accept most cars, trucks, trailers, boats, RVs, motorcycles, off-road vehicles, heavy equipment, and other motorized vehicles. As long as they're in one piece, have an engine, or even towable, we'll take it off your hands. It's easy, convenient, and you'll be directly helping the San Francisco Bay Area music community. Just call 855-500-RIDE to donate today. That's 855-500-7433.
diamond suit, so will we. Drinking, Lord knows I'm sinking. What the hell was I thinking when I picked up that bottle again? to Turd Country Radio on BFF.FM Best Frequencies Forever where you just heard the stomping neo-folk of Bridge City Sinners that song was called Rock Bottom from their album Unholy Hymns before that you heard Shades and Strolling After Dark a wonderful little piece of uh, like sort of surfer rock kind of the sort of thing you would you would expect to hear on a movie with a title like you know beats bikini zombie a go-go you know (laughs) (laughs) and uh we uh, kick things off there with jonathan richmond and the song vampire girl which is is a very sweet song about how jonathan richmond really likes goth girls who intimidate him yeah uh, yeah clearly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I have a st- I have a type and I'd like everyone to know what it is and <laughs> but I want to do it in a way that doesn't make me look weird. Yeah. Uh, and and hey, let's let's give Jonathan Richmond some credit. He wrote a very very fun catchy song about how much he likes goth girls who intimidate him. Yeah. And and we're all allowed to have our types. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we hope that you've been enjoying uh, this morning's show. We have been all October uh, in the lead up to Halloween playing songs that are spooky and strange and kooky and mysterious and other things that might be used to describe the Adams family. Uh, but uh, this week we are just enjoying the fun side of it all. Like for every, you know, for every Halloween or, you know, every strange, mysterious um, like Japanese horror movie that freaks you out when you watch it when you're like 19 and, and you've never seen anything like it before. I'm not talking about myself, of course. Uh, <laughs> there are ridiculous, um, ridiculous horror movies and, and B-movies and monster movies that uh, just, uh, um, like, you, you, you can't help but love. Yeah, it, for... 
For every movie about a family in New England in the 1600s that is forced to live in the woods because they have been shunned by their community and either suffer horrifying psychological collapse or possibly demonic possession, there's also a movie that you look at it and you go, those uh, quote-unquote killer shoes are very obviously dogs in (laughs) costumes. No, no, wouldst thou like to live deliciously in those movies? It's just no. that is an overeager, like golden retriever. You can see his tail wagging. <laughs> they have thrown a a shag carpet on top of him, and now he is quote unquote attacking that actor. <laughs> the dogs are very difficult to to get to be scary yeah. in, in 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 horror movies. You you. Uh, occasionally you get something like it like Cujo but you know it, what I love about Cujo is uh, is okay number one Stephen King doesn't remember writing it <laughs> but he was so high on cocaine that he just does not recall writing Cujo I, I mean say what you will but the man's output did increase <laughs> did he... Qu- quality probably not but output definitely yeah. but but I will say even though he does not remember writing Cujo, he did remember to write at the end of the book how it wasn't Cujo's fault, he just had rabies. He was a good dog who just got sick. Yeah. And we shouldn't we shouldn't hate Cujo, uh, unlike the author of Jaws, who inadver- inadvertently got a lot of sharks killed. I, 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 well, I wonder about that. I wonder if part of that was him being like, okay, I've just written this, this story about this, like, killer St. Bernard, and the last thing I need is for, like people to start you know abusing or Mm. you know or worse uh large dogs that fit Cujo's description so just want to emphasize here all dogs are good some of them get a a terrifying neurodegenerative disease for which there is no cure yeah it is not their fault it is not their fault they he was a good dog who got sick yes and 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 that was no one's fault uh you did remind me though uh the the description of the killer shrews (laughs) How they were just like dogs with like really bad like like <laughs> quote unquote shrew yeah uh, and that's that's the weird why shrews it's so weird it's a Corman thing I don't know. I don't know he also did Attack of the Giant Leeches yeah uh, uh, but that that at least you can kind of get because leeches are just kind of weird anyway so like it's it's like a slug like thing that like sucks your blood so the idea of something the idea of a leech that's that that is like mat, like human sized or bigger is just is gonna be scary anyway <laughs> true yeah I, I mean well shrews we saw that that documentary wild isles and like shrews have to what did they say i forget how much shrews have to eat i do know that if, it, if they go for longer than three hours without eating they can be fatal so maybe that's part of it like yeah and i, I have heard that they're for for their size they can actually be quite aggressive like they will go after dogs and stuff like that they'll, they'll they're just feisty little little guys i'm just imagining roger corman now like reading like some article about shrews and learning all this stuff about how to, like they're quite feisty and very aggressive we're like oh wow imagine if the shrews were like the size of a dog like that'd be crazy we're gonna make this movie we're gonna make a million dollars <laughs> puffing on my cigar <laughs> 
know you do that impression, and they're like, I've seen very short clips, but in, yeah. in the the film, the movies that made us, yeah, uh, th- there's a few times that Roger Corman shows up because you know he basically built modern Hollywood. Yeah. As we were talking about, <laughs> yeah, and he seems like a really low key, yeah. affable guy. He, he he feels like he should be that guy with like chewing on the cigar, talking about like, yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna write the script this week, we're gonna shoot it next week, it's gonna be in the cinemas by by fall. We're gonna- <laughs> Stick with me, kid. You're gonna make some money, but but no, it's it's more like you know, yeah. He he is more laid back than that. Yeah, and I I guess a lot of directors and cinematographers and a bunch of people who kind of owe their career, they speak very highly of him mm. as a boss because I guess yeah. he would just he was very free with letting people express their ideas and like who was it Scorsese that you said worked for him and basically like he got his start by being like I, I need you to like shoot some B yeah. B-roll yeah basically uh, what he would do is if he saw that you had talent behind the camera he would uh, he would accidentally quote unquote accidentally let let the schedule kind of go a little bit long and then his like his his assistant director would be like oh man we, we don't have time to shoot to shoot this scene like we don't have time to shoot this bit and Corman would just go I oh, don't worry about it just let the second the second unit can do it and and so in doing that, he was kind of giving young directors, wannabe directors, fresh graduate set of like the, the the like the first graduate set of film schools in LA, literally, giving them the opportunity to direct a scene without the um, pressure of of having to, you know, produce the whole movie. And then when they showed that they could do it. You know, James Cameron did Piranhas 2. Amazing. Uh, Martin Scorsese's first movie was Boxcar Bertha for 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 Corman. Never yeah. seen it. Sounds incredible. It does sound incredible, doesn't it? <laughs> I am. I I swear that I I have taste. Okay. <laughs> I am I am a member, an annual paying member of the Cleveland Museum of Art. You cannot call yourself a Scorsese completionist unless you own Boxcar Bertha on DVD and or Blu-ray. <laughs> so embarrassed because I had friends who were like, I just saw this like amazing movie from Sweden that everybody should see. What did you do with your weekend? And I'm like, I, I, I watched two robots and a man make fun of a... Russo Finnish movie from the 1960s, <laughs> like the 85th time in a row. I just, I'm really sorry. I just, I have a thing for Russian folk tales told poorly? Question mark. <laughs> Although to be fair, those movies do have budget behind them, and yeah. I think the reason that they don't translate well is because it's my understanding that a lot got cut. Yeah. And also because it deals with like stories from Eastern Europe that not a lot of like. Western, you know, yeah, uh, not Eastern Europeans, you know, like okay, how, how do I? Put this? A, a lot, not a lot of people in America yeah. or, or like you know or or beyond would would be very familiar with like yeah, like, like people of Eastern yeah. European descent might have a better idea. Yeah, but for for a vast majority of us, we're just going. What is what is the context for this? What I do not a, understand it. What is a sample? Yeah, think. yeah, like the uh, the day the Earth froze. I I believe that's based on the Kalevala. Which is the story that partially inspired Tolkien to write Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that is the case. And it is like this piece of epic Finnish poetry. Yeah. That like scholars, you know, study it and it's it's like uh, the Song of Roland yeah. or uh, you know, Knights of the Round Table in you know yeah, yeah. In, in British uh, <clears throat> in 
in in you know British literature. So it's like it's very important. And so, like, I think if you have a background in that and we're not watching a, you know, a film that was cut for American audiences and then cut again for television, yeah. it's probably the sweeping epic. But what we get is, well, and of course, you know, the added layer of, of, of three comedians, two of which are robots, yeah. saying things to the screen and we kind of lose <laughs> a lot of the layers and meaning. <laughs> Oh man, oh, we gotta watch some. We're gonna have to watch some Misty after this. I yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, but we're we're closing. We're getting close to the top of the hour here. So let's go ahead and get back into some music right now. Uh, coming up next is a cover. It's a wonderful cover. It's a punk rock cover, which makes it even better. And it comes from Punk Rock Halloween Volume Two. Um, this is this is a cover of of a song that was already brilliant. Uh, it can't get much better if you decide to just play it faster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the band Splinter have indeed. Uh, this is Splinter with their cover of Werewolves of London. listening to bff.fm and this is just in case you thought you were listening to some other station but somehow typed in these letters 
we want to let you know that you've made a mistake, but probably a good one. All right. So keep it locked right here. Creature from the Black Lagoon. This, you're listening to Third Country Radio here on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. And for two hours, we have been bringing you some of the wildest, wackiest, most delightful music that that is that works for the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, after a couple of weeks of exploring like strange folk horror stuff and then getting really weird and dark with it, it's it's been nice this week to just remember how silly so much of Halloween, like modern day Halloween can be. Yeah, absolutely. I was kind of stumbling there because I was thinking back and like, how do I describe this music? And it's, it's nostalgia in the sense that I did not grow up in the era that a lot of this music was made, Mm. but a lot of it has that general vibe of, you know, getting excited to, to wear a costume, getting excited to watch really, you know, silly B movies with, with friends, kind of a, 
you know, a, kind of a, a, a trip down memory lane in a way of, of Halloween's past and, and, you know, who knows, maybe future. Yeah, and we hope that you've enjoyed uh, this little trip with us. Uh, we hope that uh, you're already lining up uh, your own little B-movie marathon that you're going to get into this coming weekend. And we hope that you'll come back next week. Um, I think next week we're we're going to keep this Halloween train rolling, uh, but uh, explore perhaps some of our favorite Halloween media games and movies and 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 because because there's some great music that's come out of horror movies and ghost movies and uh, and and great games such as. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which that, we yeah, that's heavy rotation this time. Of year. Heavy rotation this time of year, uh, so it's going to be fun to uh, explore that aspect as we get ready to end the holiday season. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening today, and we hope that you have a wonderful day, whatever you're getting up to. Yeah, we are going to leave you with one last really great track uh, from their Best of the Dead West Volume One collection. Uh, this is Ghoul Town, and the song is called "Drink with the." living dead until next time take care of each other and watch out for zombies make art love life i was sitting in the thirsty devil one sheet hung to the wind when the back wing doors creaked open and a stranger sauntered in he moved his head from side to side and glared with a sunken eye i heard the spin of a rusty spur as he shook off the dreary night He lowered his hat and checked his gun and headed toward the bar He walked on up beside me, I knew he'd traveled far In a voice as thick as mud, he looked at the keep and said One shot of whiskey for myself And one for my new friend But hushed hello, they seemed to be afraid As that ghost had stood right up and walked out of its grave His face was shallow and dirty, his skin like leather hide Sure spoke like any man, but something wasn't right So I twisted on my stool and turned to him and said Thanks sir, but just the same, I'm chasing worms instead He growled and shoved three my way, his eyes as cold as death I picked the drinks and knocked him back Draw against my hand When it's to midnight And the phony hands of death die You better drink your drink And shut your mouth If you draw against his hand You can never win Go ahead Drink with the living dead Who the hell do you think you are? My patience growing thin But swallow hard I had do when the story he began His lips grow back and words came forth Starting up the tale And every face inside that bar It turned a shade of pale My name is Stanton Creed And I died three years before I shot a man to steal his drink At least that's what they hung me for Now I'm cursed to walk the earth And challenge every night A man to match me drink for drink Or by the bullet die Shut your mouth If you draw against his head You can
what makes me a fool I push shot of whiskey back on over towards school I love a drink like any man But that's a losing game To drink or draw against the dead Would only be insane Stand free, he tipped his hat And laughed a wicked laugh You see the Lord curse my soul For killing that poor man There ain't no choice So you must try to match me shot for shot If you win Kill a man and dream.